Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa, and everywhere else. God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So, if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So, if you have your Bible, feel free to read along, and if not, no problem. We'll put it all together for you. So, let's get started. Today we will be looking at uh, Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 down to verse, through verse 13. That's right. So we'll jump right in. I'll read these verses, and then we'll make our comments on them. So verse 1, I'm, I'm, excuse me, chapter 1, verse 9, And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to the rest, to all the rest, that my imprisonment is for Christ. So, this um, first chapter, this letter of Paul in a Roman prison, writing back to his beloved church in Philippi, this church who loved him so much and who heard that he was now in prison. This letter is dealing with bad times. This letter is dealing with, uh, obviously, these people are really upset that Paul is in prison. And Paul is letting them know that through his own example in his own life, that as we echo back to verse 6, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Um, He is telling them that God's not bringing you and me this far to let us fall down. He who began this good work in you, His Spirit, His Holy Spirit doing His good work in you, raising you in salvation, bringing you up in righteousness, joining you throughout the body of Christ, joining you together through the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, in Him, and Him in you, this good work in you, this this masterpiece of all creation, His physical body on earth, which is you, His spiritual presence on earth, which is in you, this great work, uh, He will not let this fall down. You know, and, you know, he's sort of saying, I know that times can be bad, you know, and look at me. I'm in chains. I'm in prison. This was a big deal um, back then. I mean, uh, we did. They didn't have the 
um, the benefit of having Bibles and just saying, oh, yeah, yeah, Paul's in chains, you know. But in the Bible, this is real life to them. This is real stuff. And Paul is right in the middle of all this darkness. He's talking about praying for them with joy back in verse 4. Always in every prayer of mine for you making my prayer with joy. The joy here is the blessing that comes from God. The blessing, blessing that comes from Jesus Christ. And as we said before, the word blessing means joy. It comes from the word beatus, meaning joy. And so he is saying that not only is he sure that, that God's gonna, not going to let them down, he's not going to let him down, that he will, that God promises this to us, that he will hold us until the day that Jesus Christ himself comes back for us. And he's saying that love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. He doesn't want us to walk through as Christians um, basically blind to the world. We have to have knowledge and discernment of what is good. Um, we have to have knowledge of, of the way of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. So we have to follow the, the path of Jesus Christ. Christ. We have to follow His path. We have to follow His examples. And we, we can't do it unless we have knowledge of Him and study of Him. And as we get, just got through um, the book of, of Proverbs, we, we know how important wisdom is and um, how uh, much the, uh, the, the father was striving to his son in that whole book. Uh, that could have been Solomon talking to his son. That could have been the heavenly father talking to us through the pen of Solomon. But how important to attain wisdom is. And of course, wisdom starts with fear of the Lord. Not to fear the Lord as a scary person, but to fear how much sin we have and how low we are compared to how high he is and how awesome he is in justice. You know, he is a completely good God and a completely just God. And because of his awesome justice, that should make us fear because we are so bad. And because we are so bad, we are so opposed to everything he is, everything he stands for. If we want to really know God's character, we have to appreciate how good he is and also how just he is and how bad we are. And because of our badness, we can't. We can't be in even in His presence. And that should make us really fearful because of our own sin. And so that fear of the Lord, that is really an appreciation of our own sin in His presence. And that is the beginning of wisdom. You know, that's humility. Humility, our humility for our own sin is the beginning of our wisdom. So we have to have that proper knowledge of God that uh, and that uh, that knowledge begins with uh, a humble heart. So again, we've we've talked about having a Christ-centered heart is so important. And so that beginning of of wisdom, that that fear of the Lord, that humble heart for ourselves uh, in our own sin and discernment of what is good and what God wants us to do, so that you may approve what is excellent and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Okay, so we need to, uh, and a lot of times it's, it's interesting, McGee points out that that um, 
we don't always get the written instruction in the heavens, you know, in the sky. This is where you're supposed to go. This is what you're supposed to do. I want you to take this job. I want you to go to this school. I want you to punish your kid or I want you to not punish your kid. You know, look at how many things the Lord still requires us to be dependent on him for. You know, he gives us all the righteousness. He gives us our salvation through Jesus Christ's death on the cross. He gives us all righteousness that comes with his Holy Spirit living in us. But we still have this earthly body. And we still have to depend on him to get through to get through the day. You know, so we have every spiritual blessing in heaven, as it says in Ephesians, which is great. But we still have to depend on him. So we have to have knowledge and discernment that comes from His Word. And we have to, to, to strive to approve what is excellent, to, to, to approve what is good, to, to approve what, is, what we think the will of our Father is. And be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. And as the fruit of righteousness, He's talking about the fruit of the Spirit and as we touched on that uh, before in Galatians chapter 5, um, verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things there is no law. Those are fruits of the Spirit. Okay, and of course the, fruit of the first three fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, and peace, he's already mentioned in the first part of this letter. Love is grace, this, this, this love, this grace, this gift of Jesus Christ. That's his love for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should have eternal life. That is God's grace. And God's grace in his love gave us Jesus Christ. That was this love offering for us. Jesus Christ is love. Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of the law. Love fulfills the old law. Jesus Christ fulfills that old law. So love is the completion of the law. So love and joy. Joy is the word joy translates from the Latin word beatus, which means blessed or blessing. So when we are when we receive Jesus Christ's gift to us, that is a blessing. The grace of the Lord, the grace of God in heaven giving us Jesus Christ as a sacrifice for us, blesses us. In other words, that gives us joy. That gives us His blessing. Love, joy, and peace. And peace, as He says, grace and peace to you in verse 2. That's peace with God because your sin now has been resolved. So He gives you grace and then you have peace. So we want to be filled with the fruit. So the first three... Uh, parts of the fruit of the Spirit he's even talked about. So he's talking about filling with the fruit of the Spirit. He's talking about knowledge. And he's talking about love. Love, of course, is the first fruit of the Spirit. It's the fulfillment of the law, that your love may abound more and more. That's in verse 9. So he's talking about love abounding more and more with knowledge and discernment, that you may approve what is excellent and be pure and blameless and filled with the fruit. Of, the, of righteousness, of the fruit of the Spirit. That's only through Jesus Christ. We can only have true love, true joy, and true peace through Jesus Christ. We may think we may find love on earth, or joy on earth, or peace on earth, 
But without Jesus Christ, all those roads are dead-end roads. Jesus Christ said, I am the way. There's only one way to get love, joy, and peace. And that's through Jesus Christ. I am the way, I am the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. This is John 14, chapter 6. I mean, chapter 14, verse 6. He says, I am the way, I am the truth. His, his way is the only truth. He is the only true word. So if you're looking for knowledge, it, it, only, it starts and stops with the word of God. It, everything else is false knowledge. It will somewhere, some way be incomplete or let you down. And the life, eternal life, and the only life you can live. And that starts with being at peace with God. When you have His grace and His sacrifice, the salvation that only comes from Him, you have now peace from God. Now you can live, you can have eternal life. So He's saying no matter how bad it gets, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. You may think you have a disease or cancer or a devastating thing happening in your life, or you may feel like the walls are closing in around you, or you may feel like there's just so much stress right now you can't take it, or you're in trouble, or something's going on. He says you can be sure of one thing, only one thing. You can be sure of this. If you can't be sure of anything else, Be sure of this, that he who began this good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So walk through your life with as much love as you can and let it grow and grow and grow, and not only in love and knowledge and discernment, so that you can live by fruit of the Spirit and produce fruit of the Spirit. In other words, touch other lives as Jesus Christ is touching your life. And in verse 12, he says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it's become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. He's saying again, he's sort of going back and circling back. You know, from verse 6, he's now circling back. Verse 12 echoes back to verse 6. He goes, I just want you to know again that what's happened to me is really okay. It's really okay. Because other people can look at my life and see how I'm handling it. And they can see that the, the world has put things on me, but I am holding on to my Lord Jesus Christ. That's where I get my strength from, folks. That's where I get my peace from. That's where I get my grace, my joy, my hope. It all comes from Jesus Christ. So that whatever is happening to me, he's talking, this is Paul talking, whatever is happening to me, others can see that it advances the gospel. And basically Paul, in his missionary journey, he had to depend on Christ just like we have to depend on Christ. We have to depend on Christ just like he has to depend on Christ. And you can't go around saying, oh, Paul is this guy's, this superpower guy who's already seen Jesus and, and he, you know, he can do anything. Remember, Paul, he didn't even go to Philippi when he, when he was wanting to. He was thinking he was going to go to Ephesus, like we were saying over the weekend in our study over the weekend. Paul basically has to wait in Troas for a while until God tells him to go to, over to Philippi and cross over into Europe. 
And it wasn't like God said, go, Paul. He had this dream of this man from Macedonia saying, come help me, you know, you know, work in this church or try to set up a church. And Paul figures that's a dream and goes. So, again, it's kind of an illustration in Paul's missionary journey that sometimes we don't always know the exact thing to do, but we have to try to use our knowledge and use discernment. And we try to let the Holy Spirit guide us as long as our heart is centered on Christ. And we have to depend on Him. And if we, if something falls through, then it falls through. But Paul is saying, I'm doing what is right by Christ and something bad has happened to me. And it doesn't necessarily mean that, it doesn't mean that I'm out of favor with the Lord. Just because something bad happens to you, the world is going to hate you sometimes because of Jesus Christ. The world is going to reject you, reject what you do because of Jesus Christ. And he's saying that's okay too. You know, you can't let your faith be based on your circumstances. You can't let your salvation be based on how you feel about others, whether they like you or don't like you, you know? So it's not about you at all. It's about Christ. And that's what he's saying. If you're a preacher somewhere like Paul or trying to be a missionary or if you're just a if you're just a person and your mission field is wherever you're supposed to go, you're kind of like a missionary like Paul. Right? We're all we all have to walk our certain journey. So Paul's got to walk his journey, you've got to walk yours and I've got to walk mine. Everybody's got to walk our thing. Our mission field is really where we are. But what happens to us is about Christ, not about us. We shouldn't let our faith be elevated just because something good happens to us today. And we shouldn't let our faith be crushed if something bad happens to us today. Our faith needs to be pointed on Jesus Christ. And whatever's going on in the world, He who began this good work on you will bring it to completion. He hasn't brought you far like this, or he hasn't started your a good work in your heart like this right now to let it fall and flop. God is in control, and whatever you can do to advance the gospel, that's really the key to your life. And in Paul's case, he ended up being chained to one of the imperial guards in Rome. And all of a sudden now, he has access to all these guards that have authority over all these people. And he saw that as an opportunity to spread the gospel. Right there in the prison system. So Paul's joyful about that. So I hope this is helpful and encouraging to you. It's certainly an interesting study as Paul gives this love letter of encouragement back to his beloved church 
in Philippi. So from me to all of you, God bless you. I'll see you next time. And now I'll turn the podcast over to my co-host, Matali. Matali, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this. Take it away. So today's teaching is coming from Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 13. As Pastor J.D. McGee has put it, this particular epistle is, um, you know, a prison epistle, and it basically dwells on Christian living, um, on how exactly we as Christians are to live today, the con- our conduct, and how we behave towards one another, and um, just basically how we're supposed to, 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 to be a good Christian and live um, a good life here on earth, what is um, kind of expected of us. So in verse 9, um, reads, And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more knowledge and all discernment. So Paul here is telling the Philippians to love one another, but um, to love with um, knowledge and in discernment. You know, there are some people um, in our circles who who deserve um, to have, um, who, who deserve to, for us to, to lavish all our love on them. And then um, there's other people who we have to love with a pinch of salt. Of course, the gospel tells us to love um, our neighbors as we love ourselves. But Paul um, has advised the Philippians to actually show that love with knowledge and in discernment. Because you find there is people who we express our love to, but they will turn right back around and stab back in the back. So, um, you know, love with caution, love with a pinch of salt, um, love with knowledge and in discernment. Um, and um, this is the advice that Paul has actually given to us, because we find certain people in, in, in um, you know, in our daily Christian lives, you know, they'll go about saying, you know, God loves you, oh, God loves you, I'm patting you on the back, but they'll turn right back around and stab you right in the back. So, you know, um, you know, in layman's terms, let's love with caution, you know, with a pinch of salt. So moving on, scripture, verse 10 reads, um, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that may be sincere without offense till the day of Christ. So, um, you know, um, you know, there are things that differ. Um, which route should we take, you know, when we reach the crossroads? Um, you know, you find, you know, God's not going to give you a green light. Like, if it's looking like a sign from, from, from heaven, like, I don't know, like on a traffic light. So, you know, like, oh, here's a green sign now. Here's a green light. You can go. You know, when we reach a, when we reach a crossroads, um, God expects us, you know, to... To try things that differ by using um, the will of the Lord, you know, by 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 using you know um, um, you know the way we, we we follow our gut instinct. Yeah, God expects us to 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 follow our instincts, but with um with the will of the Lord in mind. I mean, if you try out one thing and it doesn't work, obviously there's only one other correct way of um 
of doing things. So God expects us to use um, um, to use um, His will in um, in um, deciding, um, in trying out things that actually differ. Which route we should go um, in order for us to actually choose the right path when we reach um, a crossroads in our lives. And we, we will reach crossroads in our lives. We don't know which way is right, which way is wrong. But um, if we trust in the Lord and uh, to guide us, um, we will um, pick the right road all the time. Like, you will know when you know, um, when Christ is um, guiding us. So, this verse also says... Um, that you may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ. So um, you may be sincere. So this is, um, you may be genuine. You may be real. Um, you know, don't tell everybody that, you know, the Lord loves you, but you turn right back around and slap them in the back. This is what uh, verse 9 was talking about. You know, express love with knowledge and indiscernment. So, um, and, you know, expressing love in love, expressing love in, in knowledge and discernment requires us to be sincere, to be genuine, to be real, you know, not to go, not to, not to, to, to look at somebody in the, in the face and say one thing and turn right back around and say another thing, um, so, um, let us be blameless, and, um, you know, if you preach the word of, a, of, of the Lord, um, you won't be without offense, obviously you're going to offend a lot of people because you will speak the truth, but, um, let us be blameless, but obviously we will um, uh, we won't be without offense. Um, you know, a lot of, of, of preachers out there, you know, you may sit in the Sunday sermon of church and you, you, you feel, um, you know, um, whatever message the preacher is, is, is preaching that particular Sunday is, um, hits you right, um, you know, it's like hitting the nail right in the head and you take offense and you say, you know, this preacher is too candid and he's too, you know, too, 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 to the point and he, he actually just um, offends everybody. But, you know, as Christians, let us um, be sincere, genuine, be blameless. Let us be blameless. But if at all we are taking out the gospel of the word out there, the Lord out there, um, we will we will step on a lot of things. But, um, you know, um, even if we step on a lot of toes, let us um, be genuine and sincere and let us always pray for our preacher and defend our preacher because we will find our preacher will, preachers in churches will offend, um, will, you know, people who, who actually give out, disseminate the word of God, um, actually do offend a lot of, of people. So, you know, um, so as children of God, let us walk in the light and in the light of Christ all the time. Let us be genuine, sincere. Let us be blameless. Um, and, you know, let us um, always walk in the light of the Lord. So verse 11 reads, um, being filled with the fruits of righteousness that are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So um, let us be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let us always walk with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, which is um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering, um, you know, all those fruits of the Spirit. Let us walk in the fruits of the Spirit um, uh, as Christians, um, based on our Christian living today. So, um... Verse 12 reads, um, But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. So Paul is writing to the Philippians and, and, and telling them, you know, um, 
despite all the suffering, the chains that he may be in, all this has happened to further the gospel. So he gave two reasons um, for him to, um, for, for, for him being in, um, in the particular position he was in. Um, this was to further the gospel um, of the Lord and um, so that it may become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. So, um, this is verse 13. So, you know, Paul was not only like in chains and going through suffering, but, um, you know, Christ said the gospel will go into the palace and um, it's for the furtherance of the gospel. And the gospel did reach the palace because Paul was changed to royalty, to one of the royal guards. And, um, and obviously, you know, for the amount of time Paul was actually chained um, um, to one of the royal guards, um, he did bring bring out the word of God. He did have a few converts um, in, um, you know, in Christ. So, um, you know, when Paul was converted, Jesus said to him, um, you will, you're going to appear before kings. And Paul is accomplishing um, what Christ said. And the gospel will go into the palace. And it is going to the palace. And, um, you know, like verse 13 says, so that it has become evident that the whole palace guard and all the rest that my chains are in Christ. So Paul, despite his suffering, his chains were in Christ. So, you know, today, um, you know, no matter what the suffering you're going through, you know, no matter, you, I've come to learn that, in, um, you know, God has put us in a particular place and God has brought us that far for a purpose. And, um, you know, going back to, um, Dr. Davy Maggie's favorite um, passage from Philippians uh, 1 verse 6, it says, Be confident of all this, um, of this very thing, that you who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So, you know, God has put us here for a reason, for a purpose. You know, despite all the suffering that we may be going through, um, you know, no test has ever come to to man, you know, no, like, no suffering has ever come to a particular individual that um, hasn't already um, been put on, 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 doesn't, that someone hasn't already gone through, so, um, you know, God cannot give you more than you can handle, there is a reason why God put, tests us and puts us all, through all the, the, the things that we, trials and tribulations that we may go through, it may be physical, it may be um, health-wise, it may be financial, but because the Lord wants us to turn to him and pay attention there's there's a reason god wants us to focus on him um you know be it on that hospital bed be it um you know you know we've you've just lost your job and you know you don't know how you're gonna get by tomorrow how you're gonna pay your bills but god wants your full attention um god makes us pass through trials and tribulations not because he doesn't like us or because you know he's forgotten us god has not forgotten you god just wants um you know um us to focus and concentrate on him um there's a reason why we go through what we go through all the suffering that we go through paul went through all that suffering and all in order to further the gospel of the, of the lord um you know god said to him um 
Christ said to him um, when he was converted, you're going to appear before kings and, and, and further the gospel. And this is what happened. Paul was actually, um, was actually um, chained in, um, um, to, to, to members of royalty. And the gospel was furthered, um, you know, and, until the day Paul was actually chained. That's when um, arrested and chained um, in the Roman Empire. That's when the gospel was actually furthered to palaces and to kings. So, you know, despite our suffering, despite whatever we're going through, just, you know, I have learned to always trust in God. Um, God has a bigger plan for me. And, um, you know, I, I hope you, you also, um, whoever is listening out there, just know God loves you and God has a bigger plan for you out there. And I hope you actually trust and believe in God despite your suffering. God does not help you. Um, God loves you. God loves you with all his heart. And God is a God of second chances. And, um, you know, just open the eyes of your heart and, 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 and you know, live by, um, you know, the fruits of the Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit dwell in you and, um, you know, God will reveal his grand purpose for you in life. God cannot bring you this far to only leave you. So, yeah, this is today's teaching. Very powerful teaching. I enjoyed it. Thank you all for listening. God bless and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.